Action Report, and I'm your host, Maureen Aylward. Our topic is attracting and engaging new art audiences, and I'm here at the table with Bob Armstrong and Jill Whitney Armstrong from I Art Colony. It's a gallery in Rockport, and Jacqueline Ganim DeFalco of Cape Ann Designs, and she uh, does a lot of other things on Cape Ann. So thank you all for being with me on Cape Ann Report. Thank you, Maureen. Sure. Well, this is an important conversation, um, attracting new art audiences and engaging them here on Cape Ann. And while we do have a significant traditional um, art scene up here, um, nice things and traditional things can be shaken up, right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, Jackie, we're going to start with you. Jackie, um, you've done a lot of research in this area. You've been engaged in Cape Ann and the arts community for a long time. Why don't you give us the big picture about um, what's happening and what's changing in the art audiences? Well, I was, um, it, was, it was really interesting to go out and see what was out there from you know, the uh, <clears throat> you know, different foundations that have done work on this topic and, of course, America's for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts because everybody's been struggling with this. And uh, although we represent only a few of the genres of art, it's across the board. It's music. It's performing arts of all types, um, I think. And the bottom line is we've run, our audiences are aging out nationally and demographically shifting tremendously, not just in terms of ethnic groups, which have shifted. Uh, you know, the statistics are really scary, especially even in the big institutions who's running them. Uh, they're very biased. They sort of follow in a very, they actually follow sort of the corporate biases demographically even much worse because it's a slower moving thing, like in the museum world, for example. So, those are, those are issues, but also, which has been brought up in other conversations, lifestyles have changed so much. There's nine to five, you know, even driving into an office. I mean, it's all so changed, and of course, technology is at the root of that. And so, the, both the good and bad sides of all of those things have impacted us. And I was going to read this one quote from the research because it really struck. It's, it was specifically done in the Bay Area, and we all know they're on the bleeding edge all the time of everything happening. So, of course, you know, when we, when we boil this down to our little island and our microcosm, things will reflect this a little bit, maybe not to this extreme. But at a fundamental level, arts organizations are grappling with how to remain relevant in a rapidly evolving society. This is from the program director of the Performing Arts at the Hewlett Foundation, who's done a lot of research. As the tastes and expectations of, of local audiences have changed, at the same time, technology has radically transformed when, where, and how people engage in the arts. Arts organizations know they need to adapt, but they're still figuring out the best way to do so. We're seeing a lot of experimentation in the field to try to inspire public engagement with the arts. And so, you know, there's been a real shakeup, I think. And our goal today is to sort of look back at even, you know, some of the transitions happening here in Cape Ann, and then, like, advice from different perspectives. And so just to clarify, my own perspective comes from really first as a marketer because I've been kind of hitting on this since I came to Cape Ann and got involved in the arts through Sea Arts initially um, and started then the Wearable Art Group, as you know, um, and now a member of the Cape Ann Artisans for you know, the last five or six years. 
Um, but my, my hat is usually first as a marketer and then also as an artist. And so I see the issues that many traditional artists have, but they can't be excuses anymore. You know, so I just can't. I have to hold myself accountable and I have to hold my peers accountable for holding up their end if you want to really sell your art. If you don't want to sell your art, then that's a whole, that might be something totally different. But even just to get people to see it, forget about selling it. Um, you know, there's still a lot of issues. So I think we want to, you know, we know that these things are really shifting and understanding where, what's, what are all the different piece parts of this sort of roadmap is we'll try to kind of collapse that in the discussion today. Mm -hmm. So Jill and Bob, you <coughs> are artists. Jill, you're an artist, you're a painter, and uh, Bob, you're a writer. Closet. Closet writer. Yes. Um, but you own a gallery yes. in Rockport. And what's your perspective right now of um, the, the, audience that, the audiences that you're trying to engage to bring up here? Just describe a little bit of your ambassador work <laughs> as artists and gallery owners. Well, we met um, just over 20 years ago. And um, he read me a quote on one of BU's walls from Horace Mann. It said, be ashamed to die until you've achieved some victory for humanity. So I jumped corporate America and joined him. And we decided to start this path as artists. Um, and then in 2005, in one of his writings, he wrote a, um, a thing on IR Colony. And it was sort of a play. It was a joke. There was the iPod, but not the iPhone. And I was obsessed because I originally started out in marketing thinking that would be creative. And what we wanted to do is we felt young artists, talented artists, did not have a place to show. It was um, hard for them to break in. It's hard to break into Newberry Street. It's hard to own a gallery in, a, um, you know, in Rockport. And so I sort of stood for independent, idealistic, slightly irreverent, innovative, but it originally was going to be independent of brick and mortar because we felt that was unattainable. So it was mm -hmm. going to be through the internet. Um, and then by chance, we found our space in 2009 and have exhibition space and have worked um, with many artists in Boston. We were introduced to the School Museum of Fine Arts in 2012. And it really turned us on because we could see how their community were producing artists and supporting artists and be being <coughs> successful with art. So we wanted to bring that to Cape Ann. So um, we've been bringing Boston up and um, turning them on to the area. Bob, do yeah. you have an example well, of what I, you're doing? So we're calling it bringing new visions and new visionaries and repopulate <clears throat> the rookery. Those have been, and create more of a sense of community. And our next show will mm -hmm. be called Commune, to commune, to communicate. Um, it's, it's been a lifelong mission. We've been Cape Anners technically since 1970. People don't realize that. Um, so we're not new to the island. We've been here a long time. But when we came back, things seemed to be a little bit flat. So we felt we needed to go on the road, do some outreach, and start doing some provocative shows that would bring you know, urban and contemporary audiences up mm -hmm. here and start to stimulate the scene. And I would say that has worked um, to a large extent. It needs to be done by more entities. And there are some other entities on Cape Ann doing some significant work. But um, we need to make it relevant again, mm -hmm. the scene, mm -hmm. you know, and that is mm -hmm. the utmost of importance because right. we don't want to become a museum culture 
and a bunch of condos. And that's why we work hard <laughs> right, at this. Exactly. The Rockport, um, oh, go ahead. <clears throat> no, please. The Rockport Art Association approached us for sort of a brainstorming period. You know, they said, how, how can we, you know, bring new audiences up? And we said, why don't you put on a show with, say, the School of Museum of Fine Arts, faculty and alum, put together mm -hmm. a show to introduce Rockport to what contemporary art is today. I think they've been afraid of what is contemporary art, you know. Is it the gum thrown against the wall? And so we tried to pull together. So then they offered to have us do it. <laughs> so we pulled it together. And we tried to um, have a diverse group, but have art that couldn't be denied. Like to... what? Like what is that? A diverse group and the mm -hmm. art that can't be denied. Tell me, give me an example of what kind of pieces that you were bringing. Um, well, two, photography has not been accepted as an art form in on Cape Ann. Rockport has a small room for the photographers. Rock, uh, North Shore Art Association, I don't believe, has invited photographers in at all, at least in recent generations. And so we brought two photographers in that um, presented artwork in such a way, like you can't paint this, but it's undeniably incredible. Um, there's Matt Gamber, he's an SMFA alum, he's a teacher at um, Holy Cross. Holy Cross. And he's a real innovator, and he uses photography sort of as a platform to delve into history and science. And so what he produces um, is something that can't be painted and is beautiful and cool. And, um, and well, well, there's other art forms, too. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. been my interesting path for wearable art, and that's been a humongous educational process. And I think that's part of what you have to expect to do it, when you are introducing, you know, and that's what that's what will bring the new audiences in. And we've certainly brought in a new audience. And I think even uh, when we were looking at some statistics with the MFA, the fashion area for them has probably produced more new audience than any anything else. So we know for a fact that this is an important, you know, an important genre to introduce. But there's no actual home for it anywhere. Well, where would you? Where do we put our pieces once they're made? I art colony. <laughs> yes. Well, permanent yes. a permanent collection somewhere would be very interesting. A permanent collection. You have room. We've, we've had textile artists in the in the past. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Nancy Bauer, who's the um, dean of the SMFA, she's a feminist philosopher. We brought her into the mm -hmm. Shaman Show because we said the Shaman Show was artists who sort of found their creativity from within, mm. and to me, she's completely an artist and she um, knits. So she made a shaman shawl, a pie shawl based on 3.14 and she used colors that were healing to her and she was featured. Um, so that was that was one way. Looking for high-minded artists. Isn't there that mindset that's moving outward? Like the universe mm -hmm. is expanding, aren't these yeah. ideas of art expanding and aren't we allowing more of that energy and newness to come into our lives because we're exposed to it so much on our on our phones, mm -hmm. um, you know, through different types of media. And it sounds like you're trying to bring that piece up here. Um, and so what are some of the other thoughts that you have about audiences, introducing them to um, new forms of art or these new uh, provocative shows that you're having? And we have a piece sitting here on the table. I just want to <laughs> Recognize that. Maybe tell uh, our viewers about what you're doing with Motif Zero. Um, well, Motif Zero is really um, riffing off of an idea of a contemporary artist back in 1933 that everyone knows and adores, Aldro Hibbard and Anthony Timi. Um, there was the big Chicago World Fair, and someone mentioned to them, you know, they're having a, 
an exhibition where floats are being um, judged. So they built a float of motif number one, drove up to the Chicago World Fair, 80,000 people standing ovation mm. and won first prize and it went viral. <laughs> and we feel like the art community has sort of waxed and waned since then. And so we, what we want to do is create, recreate that, but with a motif of the 21st century. Mm. And so this is just a little prototype that Gianna Stewart, who's a public art artist in Boston, um, this is a, a 10 inch replica of what will be a 20 foot glowing beacon of hope. And we want to drive it to today's largest fair, which is Art Basel Miami mm -hmm. in 2020. So those of us who live on Cape Ann and um, those, of, uh, those of us who live in Rockport, me included, um, we love the motif. The motif is beloved of artists around the world. There's something about this iconic fishing shack that makes a difference. Um, in people's lives. Um, and so is that what you're getting after? Like that deep innerness, that, that connection that we have to this place? Well, we also feel like this is sort of the seed of art in America. Um, we asked Tom Nicholas, who's the oldest National Academy, uh, maybe on all of Cape Ann. And we did a show in 2015 of, and invited 18 artists to do their interpretation of motif number one. And he said, the, the landscape, the building, you, don't, you can't find it anywhere in America except Cornwall, England. Um, and then, as I said, we invited an artist who um, makes fun of things, and he's clever and wonderful. And we thought, oh, give him motif number one and see what he'll do with it. And he just fell in love with it as a, as a composition and ended up doing a representative, you know, representative piece, several pieces of motif number mm -hmm. one. Um, and it's sort of an icon sort of hanging in the balance. You know, mm -hmm. the sea is about to carry it away. You know, it's worn. Um, <laughs> you know, what is its fate? So we <laughs> want to rejuvenate and put it back on the map. So you're bringing this back to life. You're bringing this float idea back to life. You're going to, um, uh, the artist has made a replica um, or is going to make the replica? Yes. This is the small replica. This is the small replica. We need to raise yeah. money for the 20 oh. foot. But this did travel to Miami and to New York City to the Armory Show. So it has mm. been seen by mm. a, a decent amount of people with great reception. And mm -hmm. we think this could be a, a big spectacle public art event in 2020. We encourage Cape mm. Banners to come down when we pull this off. And mm. Gianna is a magician. Mm. And, and to go back to your point of it being a spiritual Mm. structure we we do feel that there is there is something there and that's why we've <clears throat> decontextualized it and deconstructed it and trying to resurrect right. it as a, a, a new vision and that's what Gianna's done here and we can get the community behind this we've been working with Rockport Exchange other artists yeah. it, would, it would take a village to make yeah. this thing you know float yeah. or travel yeah. down the eastern seaboard but it's amazing that you're <clears throat> about to take this on the road as a symbol of art in America, and it's motif number one, and it's from here. Um, and there's so much. That's actually motif zero. It's motif oh, zero. Oh, motif zero. <laughs> it, right. But it it's is, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's motif the essence one. of motif yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Infinitely. Thank right. you, Jackie. Yeah. They well, because it. I think that's really significant. And, yeah. you know, that's what they're doing here. I mean, what they're what these two are doing is melding the best of the old and the new to raise the bar in such creative way that, I mean, not everybody can think the way Jill and Bob think, I have to say. And mm -hmm. you think in such a thoughtful way about how to take, you know, without offending what's here, 
but recognizing that things have to change, right? I mean, yeah. that's the beauty, yeah. I think, of what they right. do. Right. At the same time, you're doing it with, you know, something that's so important in, in not just in this microcosm, but also that's happening everywhere else, which is this kind of really intimate collaboration. You know, one of the examples I found in the research that I thought was so interesting was three or four arts organizations that were in different genres identified like 10 of their common best audience members and created like a special club of these people and gave them special experiences in order and they were definitely a younger you know more diverse you know group that they represented but they shared these three arts organizations got together and they kind of shared these people and made them be, they made them their ambassadors you know and that's part of this new thinking is you know creating ambassadors and you've become ambassadors mm -hmm. of KPN you've gone into right. Boston and you've been to art Boston. I mean, you're you're working hard you're rolling mm -hmm. up your sleeves and this is why I wanted to do this with yeah. Jill and Bob because I know how hard they work to mm -hmm. it doesn't happen easily just like the work we've done to open up an entire new art genre or even take an old older group like this group and get them to think differently the KPN artisans KPN artisans right yes. with the, the tourists coming up so what is your vision if you were to just you know sweep everything up off the table and rebuild uh, um, an art scene or what, what would you like well, to see cultivating and nurturing younger and emerging artists absolutely and outside artists of you know significant talent mm -hmm we want to bring them to this island and we want them to stay here show here sell here mm. we want them to repopulate the rookery ultimately right. and it's it's something that we can see traction starting to take place we have artists actually asking to look for a place maybe i'll buy a house up here younger artists in their early 30s we're actually getting a lot of that to happen we're doing a little residency residency at our colony that's we'll tour anybody who wants to come up a patron or an mm. artist we give them an intimate experience so it's not just like I'm glad you came go to this restaurant we'll see you later we really try to engage them and tell them what we know and offer but let right. them do their own thing and then respond right. and create right. and and so many artists that you know you'd never think would mm -hmm. you know uh, interpret this place at this day and age are getting turned on tuned in and mm -hmm. you know right. giving something right. back to us right. so it's really a gift to Cape Ann what some of these artists are doing so. The New York artists really flocked to Cape Ann and not just for the sailboats. It was really a place for inspiration and renewal. And so we're trying to introduce these artists mm -hmm. who are just see Boston or just see New York and bringing them up and hoping that this will, um, you know, give mm -hmm. them a whole right. new. But it brings up life. the other point that we were talking about in the previous conversation, which is it actually takes those artists to help spread the word about each other as yeah. well. And that creates the buzz for buying this whole, you know, new genre of art of all forms. And so, you know, you, you really need those artists will also inspire buyers of their, you know, sort of, you could say either age group or demographic group, but you definitely need to have the combination of both the artists and the buyers, you know, that are coming here. And I think the other thing we were talking about that's really important is not not just the person you know on a piece of paper but the person really coming to life in terms of who they are and their story and what they represent because that's the other important piece to connect 
that has to get connected in, you know, for this whole idea of, of engaging the new audiences. And they all have, it sounds like many of them have some really powerful stories. And you guys have done a really good job documenting that. And we need to take advantage of the, the youth because they are the social media gurus. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Like, how do you see uh, sharing of art changing through social media? Um, young, younger uh, art collectors, um, people who are going out and looking at art and enjoying art, um, what, what, what would they do when they would come here to Cape Ann to see different types of artists? How are you seeing that? that interaction with art change with technology mm -hmm. and social media. Well, one example, um, this was on Facebook and Instagram in Miami, mm -hmm. and uh, a, a great collector couple from Cape Ann, actually live in Ipswich, um, came to the propaganda opening and purchased that because they saw it in Miami. In on New Facebook. York City. And, and they York said, City. has it left the United States and, yet? So they and are I going to take this yet. to Europe for us and mm -hmm. have it travel. But you know, right. it's amazing what these social media you know, technologies right. can do for um, instantaneous sales. And you, you just don't even know the impact you're actually having. You know, I, was, mm -hmm. I, I hadn't seen them in four or five months. They show up at the opening. They're cut, we're, we came mm -hmm. for this, you know? And that's kind of a cool thing. And they've been cool um, amazing patrons of the arts, focusing really primarily on um, Cape Ann style art. Mm -hmm. um, but this has inspired them and, and got them very excited. So we're very excited. What do you think of the challenges? I mean, Jackie, you mentioned a number of them, but what are some of the challenges to get things to change up here, whether it's bringing in new contemporary art or engaging new audiences? Um, we do have a lot, mm -hmm. certainly, of different types, a diverse type of art up here. But what do you think some of the challenges are to open those doors? Okay, just want to go back to the social media thing because sure. you know, Instagram seems to be the most powerful tool right now yeah. specifically for this type of art, for visual art, but there's also Spotify for music. I was just reading, you know, we're talking about like 75% of this newer audiences, millennials and Gen X, Y, looking at things online first, experiencing things online first, which means that it, we have to have the freedom to walk into a gallery and a museum and take a picture and talk about it and share it. And that I mean, that's, is, is that not allowed? In many right? cases, in many it's, places not. it's not allowed. It's I think also a lot of galleries are intimidating to yeah. go into. They no, but me. it's also not it's just either the either the artist says, I don't want any pictures taken, the place says you can't take pictures. Museums are still very much, you know, not all of them are open that way. And yet the examples and the research that I was doing were that the museums that allow you know people to come in and film things and use it for a TV commercial or something really unusual, actually their audiences change significantly just because of one event like that. Letting the space itself make be it opened up and yeah. make it more accessible. And so I think those are some of the challenges people have to deal with because they're not used to that level of sharing and we're so worried about somebody's gonna copy something. We're right. so far beyond that now. Yeah. There's so many ways to do that. You have to be able to take advantage of these kinds of tools. Mm -hmm. and, and not just from a pure marketing standpoint, really talking the social part of social media, me sharing my experience with you, Maureen, right. and getting you excited about it's it. It's a game changer. I mean, that the, on Instagram, you can see a photograph and then want to go. How are you using social media to promote your innovative shows? Well, I think part of social media is not just we try to post as much as we can, but all of the artists that we have been connected to, they are all over social media. 
So we are constantly sharing mm -hmm. what they're posting. And the more pieces that are shared and posted and liked, it just generates this energy. And, and, it, and it, it's amazing how many people you reach. You just don't realize um, how vast it is. So the community up here is um, filled with a lot of stakeholders, <laughs> some major stakeholders and the minor stakeholders and people out there on the fringe, right? And so when you're, um, and your experience of what you've um, brought forth, what kind of advice do you have for some of these stakeholders, whether it's artists or gallery owners, um, people who are interested in buying art, maybe it's just art lovers. Um, what, what ways, of engaging the audience on oh. advice on that, Bob? I mean, I would say, again, supporting the young, you know, bringing that youth culture here because they will ultimately tell their story and our story. And that, to me, you know, the demographics don't read well for the future of Cape Ann, you know, for artists and patrons alike. We really need to repopulate the Mercury. We keep hammering that point, but it's the time is now and the writing's on the wall. And mm. this is our moment where we can, you know, initiate that change. And, and just, you know, buy art of emerging artists, encourage them, let them stay at your place, you know, let them do mini residencies around here. A lot of mm -hmm. things like that would really get it going, but make them get turned on to the place, not just Welcome let them, them. Yeah, 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 make them feel part of it and encourage them and then let them show, you know. I think also the existing artists are afraid, you know, they're afraid of being pushed out. Um, and what they don't realize is if they don't repopulate the rookery, if mm -hmm. they don't encourage young artists, it's going to die out and they won't be remembered because no one will be here to tell their story. So they've done their job. You know, this is this place has um, is a mecca for traditional Cape Ann style art. Yeah. And to remain a mecca, we need to move <clears throat> forward and yeah. just flood the place with artists and everybody mm -hmm. will sell. Mm -hmm. Jackie? Well, mine is always going to be about you know, connecting the artists and their um, and their audiences and their buyers. And so I believe that artists really have to be out. Um, they have to do what Jill and Bob have done, which is get out of Cape Ann. If you're spending 75% or 80% of your time here and you're not getting out to other places to go find your new patrons, you need to do a little bit of that. And you need to be able to tell your story. And if you can't, then have to work with somebody to tell your story. Because the story is it right now, as you know. That is the most powerful tool that we have. And it's the only thing that's authentic that you can own. And that's what the, especially the younger buyers are looking for. They want to connect. They want to connect their values to the values of the art they're seeing and to the person who's making it. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's always been the case, but it's that case on steroids right now. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't tell your story, um, it's going to be really hard for you to find those. Um, those folks and sometimes you really have to get out of your comfort zone to do that right or walk into a gallery <laughs> right <laughs> walk into a gallery go to yeah. one of our local museums walk in engage mm -hmm. go on the artisans tour yeah. right it's just from a standpoint of people who live yeah. here too yeah. um, get out there and cultivate your own yeah. understanding of what what's here and organizers have to think differently they have to work with yeah. each other um, try new things try pop-ups try new locations, put unusual things together. I yeah. mean, you know, I'm always experimenting and, and trying to innovate around that as well. It, can I say one, um, sure, one, one more question. We have a great scene. We actually have a great, great scene. We just need more. So I don't want to say that what we have is inadequate, mm -hmm. but we just need massive stimulation to push yeah. us into the we future. Need to bring so it continues. Together. Yeah. You know, 
like the resources from um, the writing center, um, somehow they don't merge with the artist. And if we could merge them, I think that could be a powerful communication. Yeah, well, collaboration is key up yes. here. Yes. Right. Well, Bob Armstrong, Jill Whitney Armstrong, and Jacqueline Ganim DeFalco, thank you for joining me on KPN Report. It's been a pleasure to uh, join your conversation. Thank you Fantastic. Very much for having us. I'm Maureen Elward. Uh, thanks for watching. Engage with us on social media. You can see KPN Report on Facebook. Until the next time, take care.